This episode of Inside Acting is brought to you in part by Rehearsal 2, the app for actors. Want to learn your lines fast? Be off book for auditions? Explore your characters and make stronger choices? There's an app for that. Rehearsal 2. Download it now at rehearsaltheapp.com slash download. That's rehearsaltheapp.com slash download. Hello and welcome to episode 156 of Inside Acting. My name is Trevor Algott. And I'm AJ Meyer. And on this podcast, we interview actors, writers, directors, agents, managers, producers, personal finance and fitness gurus, voiceover artists, anybody and everybody involved in the entertainment industry in any way, shape or form. We sit down with them, we ask them questions about their journey, we record the whole thing. And then record ourselves talking to each other on the other ends of that. And then stick it out there on the internet every week for you. That's really the gist of this whole It sounded like burrito, yes. Oh, man, now I'm I'm hungry. Uh, It sounded like you were about to say, and then we record ourselves talking to ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) I may have. I don't don't know. You have. You've done done some solo episodes. Yeah. yeah. Um, And uh, as you may or may not be able to hear, we are just two dudes with a podcast who, um, you know, like to joke around and and have a bit of fun. So we started this podcast for two reasons. One, to uh, be able to meet these people and ask them questions. But two, to start a community of actors and other artists that can support each other through this journey and you can find all the ways of getting in touch with not only us but your fellow listeners at our website insideactingpodcast.com and on today's episode we have the second part of our chat with colleen wainwright who's otherwise known on the interwebs as the communicatrix and her whole kind of gig is uh kind of exploring the different ways that we communicate with one another and how to most effectively do that in the age of the internet. And this is something we recorded probably a year, year and a half maybe ago, but it's one of those timeless, really classic interviews and it's one of my all-time favorites and uh, excited to bring you part two. So make sure you guys stick around for that. Hey Trevor! Hey, another week, another week, another podcast, another week, another episode. Yes, yes, yes. One hundred and fifty-six episodes. Wow! You say? Yeah, yes. not bad, huh? I'm kind of proud of us. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a little back padding of myself right now. <laughs> I, I met some some new folks here in New York last night, and uh, one of them is actually about to move to LA, which I thought was funny. But come on out. Um, Come on out. We got a, plenty of water for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is that is one of the sickest jokes I've ever heard you make. Uh, no. <laughs> oh man. You know, for those is, of you who don't know, it, what Trevor's referring to is the worst drought in in years. The, in the worst drought in centuries. I mean, in basically in the past century actually. It's now officially the worst drought in in this in the past 100 years. 
And you know what's even crazier, dude, is I heard about, like, like California essentially imports all of it, or Southern California especially, basically imports all of its water, either from the northern part of the state or from other neighboring states. Because Los Angeles is ex- an extremely dry kind of area <clears throat> as far as, like, you know, aquifers and springs and things like that go, and, of course, yeah. rain. And so well, it's, a, it's a desert. Yeah, it's a desert. And, you know, there's some mountains nearby that, that oftentimes, you know, the, they'll accrue snow and then there will be some melt and runoff and stuff. And we can, you know, use that. But uh, I was watching this YouTube video. I can even post it on the website because it was really interesting. It's from uh, the Tom Hartman. Sh- That's not the Tom Hartman show. I guess it's called The Big Picture. But it's hosted by this guy named Tom Hartman. And he's one of my favorite writers. He wrote a great book called The Last Hours of Ancient Sunlight. Which is about, basically, the collapse of civilization. Uh, and it's kind of <laughs> scary, but also, really, I'm glad I know about these things. And he, he in, this, in this YouTube clip, he talks about this Kelvin wave. And I'm just as ignorant of this stuff as the next person, but this is what I got from it. There's a Kelvin wave, some sort of energy wave that's generated every two to four years for El Nino and La Nina to happen. And as it comes across the ocean, it you know temperatures intermingle, and that's what causes the El Nino or the La Nina and since the the ocean temperatures, like NOAA, the um, I forget what NOAA stands for, N O A A, but it's like the National Oceanographic Weather Service, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, they basically said that the the surface temperatures that they're recording in the oceans are the hottest ever, ever on record. And this Kelvin wave that was coming across the ocean to to trigger El Nino or La Nina, it just dissipated because the temperature difference wasn't great enough. And so we're basically, this is going to be the new normal now, they're saying, for at least the next 10 years in California. So it's kind of scary. It's enough to make you want to move to, I don't know, New York. Ah, yeah, <laughs> we have natural springs here, yeah. sucker. <laughs> we water ourselves, bitch. We water ourselves like plants. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm sorry. That was a total sidebar. You ran to uh, a listener or a new Well, friend. I... Yeah, who cares? No. Uh, just one last thing on the, on the water. A lot of people drink uh, straight out of the tap here because mm. uh, the water is so we're so close to like the springs that they actually come from. So the the, the springs that that feed New York City are very close, and they don't really, as you were saying, imp, quote unquote, import their water. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not treated as much as it is. I mean, I'm sure it is treated, but it's not treated as much as it would be in in L.A. Mm. Just fun facts. Uh, for you bi-coastal uh, listeners, there's people in the UK going, what's water? Um, so, <laughs> anyway, I was I was just, we just made like the shortest story ever into the longest story ever. I just met some new people and told them about the podcast and I, I, I hadn't done that in a long time. Like I hadn't um, sort of evangelized the podcast to new people in, in, in a while. Not for lack of like being proud of it. I just hadn't really met uh, people who I thought, oh, like this person would like really benefit from from listening to us, and I I realized that I have a, a, a completely new um, what's the word I'm looking for, like a completely new viewpoint on what it is that we're up to here. Um, huh. <clears throat> I so? realized, well, I realized that like. When when you boil it down, I mean, we say this all the time, but I just never, I just never said it, I guess, off the air to a person that I was telling about the podcast. But I, I, I said to them, you know, our our goal is to basically help other people, <laughs> like our our um, 
our mission with the podcast isn't necessarily to just benefit ourselves. It's about it's about you know this community, obviously that we talk about on the podcast, but specifically hel- like helping other people. It's um it's 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 not purely altruistic, but it's it's focused out. I guess. Yeah, yeah, totally. And absolutely, um, it was cool. It was just like a completely different uh, way of evangelizing the the podcast yes. to, to other people, and and I don't know. It just it felt good. I was like, oh yeah, this is this is what we do. This is what we do. <laughs> yeah, I I have to I have to admit, like you know, the the reasons for starting the podcast were pretty pretty purely selfish. Like you know, I think we both wanted a, a good reason to reach out to these people and say, hey. I'm somebody to remember, notice me, talk to me, you know? And uh, and it ended up being this thing where it, it really uh, seems to be making a difference in people's lives. And that's, that's like, I mean, I, I, you know, I wanted to offer some value to the community, but I, I didn't think mm-hmm. that, I didn't think that, you know, some people would actually, you know, be inspired to completely re- relocate their lives almost as a direct result of what they were hearing on the, on the show. So um, that is just awesome i mean people are I, i've met a lot of people that have said like you know i've been listening to the show and i i moved from missouri to la because of something i heard in this episode and, and i'm so excited thank you for you know empowering me to do that and that's like one part amazing and one part like oh god <laughs> <laughs> what have we rocked yeah yeah no i mean of course in a good way i mean anybody i firmly believe that if you can dream it you can do it so so awesome yay Amen inside acting uh what's new in your world dude well i had my well uh, first of all i just want to mention because it's happening right now so if you're in new york you should definitely uh, check out something by the time this podcast airs there'll still be about a week left of the new york fringe festival and uh, i went to see uh, a friend's show that had premiered at the uh, hollywood fringe festival and i ran into a longtime podcast listener david haverty yeah, in, he's out in, in New the, York right now. In the audience, he's out in New York because he's in a two-hander uh, that is part of the New York Fringe. So huh. uh, um, I got a flyer from him, and uh, I'm definitely going to go check that out. But um, it's it's going on right now, and it's it's really exciting. The city is a buzz with people who are uh, in shows, and and I've been invited to so many. Cool. But um, we actually got. An email from a podcast list. Actually, this this wasn't to the podcast. This was just to me. A personal email from um, podcast listener Jamie Hansen, who provides our listener pick of the week later in the episode, uh, inviting us to inviting us to a a friend a, a, a friend show that a friend of his is doing. So cool. That's going on in New York personally, uh, or I guess professionally. I had my meeting with. Um, uh, Telsian company yesterday, which was really exciting. I don't know how much I shared on the podcast specifically, um, but basically this whole, you know, take no prisoners, no holds bar, um, you know, nothing to lose attitude that I've had here has been, has been bearing fruit for sure. And it feels great. And I wish this feeling on, on any actor or artist, but, uh, I had a, a, a general, first of all, a general meeting at a casting director's office, which is just not only really rare, but something I've never done before. Cool. This was my first, first experience with that. And it went really well. It was just 
very relaxed, very chill. And it was just a way of, you know, getting them to know who I am and what I can do and what I'm about. And, you know, I'm getting to know them. They're getting to know me. And now they have me in mind for stuff. And that's the most important thing that that's exactly what what i wanted because if anything comes across you know and it was interesting too and you know i could really easily make up all kinds of stories like ah damn it why didn't i have this meeting earlier or or whatever but everything's perfect but during the meeting um bernie was actually like oh you 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 didn't come in for this 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 or this and he, he listed off like four different projects that they had just cast and i was like no i you know i you know I, you guys didn't know who i was and and i don't really have an agent you know um pitching me in new york and he was really surprised but the the point the point i'm trying to make is that they were already after just spending a few minutes with me um seeing things that i could be cast in and i think that's really wow i think it's really great and really important in that's terms of awesome. what i wanted to accomplish that is in, awesome so so what, that, what would you say is one thing like when you say you you're, you're you've got this take no prisoners approach what, what would you say is is one kind of tangible thing that you've done differently that you may not have done in a more timid kind of headspace uh what's one thing you've done differently in the past week or two or month uh that has bared some fruit for you uh it's a really great question i think that there's a tangible as you asked for and a non-tangible way of actually answering that question the tangible way is just the way in which that the way in which i'm going about like calling emailing talking to people in other words if i hesitate for a moment to send an email like oh how is this going to look what are they going to think of me blah 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 i i i I completely shut myself up and do it Hmm. Like I, I have, I have no fear. You know, I there's hesitation, and then there's like, ha, fuck it. And I just do. <laughs> Shut I just up and do, do it. it. I just, I just do it anyway. Yeah. So there have been a lot of emails and phone calls that I have that have been sent and made recently that were not only um, fearless but honest. And that's the second part of it, which is, I, I think what it is allowing me to do is to be more myself cool or, or the most myself that do you know what I mean uh, I, we, we've we've talked so much on this podcast about being authentic and showing up yourself and, and all of that and I think <clears throat> there's no real other than getting out of your own way and doing some of you know some any sort of self-development, whether it's meditation or going to these workshops that Trevor and I have done, like what, whatever it is to get yourself into a headspace where you break through the things that are keeping you afraid or keeping you from being yourself. At the end of the day, it really is about being vulnerable and, and fearless. And I, and I noticed that going into this meeting, I wasn't nervous at, at all. I, and and I wasn't awkward or nervous when I was sitting there. And when I'm talking to people on the phone or in person, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just being myself and I'm really, really honest about everything. I'm like, here's the deal. I came out to do Heather's. Heather's is closed. I don't have a job. I don't have a New York agent. 
I'm I'm willing to work. I'm willing to work hard. You know, I'm looking to book something. If I don't, I'll just go back to L.A. because and it, you know, and I even said to them, it's not about tucking my tail between my legs. It's just that people know who I am out there. So why should I stick around here? So give me a reason. <laughs> so so explain to me. Explain to me, uh, how, are you cold calling these offices, or are you, do you have people who have relationships with these people that you're leveraging? How, are, how did you get this general meeting? Right now, it's the latter. Right now, it's the latter. It was through a, a producer. Okay. It was, yes, it was through a producer on Heather's. Um, that being said, uh, the next step is um, cold calling, and I'm not saying cold calling. I'm not saying I'm, I'm going to sit there cold calling casting offices. I've got a lot of things sort of lined up, you know, some of which I've talked about on the podcast, like emailing everyone that I know that might have some kind of connection in New York, especially the Heathers people. Um, but also, um, yeah, making, making uh, phone calls to people I know, sending emails to people I know, and essentially I, I get to get over the idea that this is quote-unquote calling in favors. Mm-hmm. And in, That's and in, powerful. And in Instead, just know that it's me, um, you know, uh, what's, I don't know, what the, what's another word for taking advantage of these relationships? Because I don't, I'm not taking, I don't want to take... Leveraging? Leveraging, yeah. I don't, because I, because I, I, it's not about taking advantage of people at all. It's just about leveraging these relationships that, that, that I have, which are actually, it's so funny because when I think about the way that I would operate in L.A., I had many, 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 many relationships and therefore didn't really spend the time leveraging them. Mm-hmm. Here, I have very few, and so that's all I've got, and therefore the only way that I know that I'm going to be able to work again is if I leverage those few that I have, huh. which is making me more motivated than were I in L.A. with all of these relationships. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's really interesting, and I wonder <clears throat> how much of it is due to the sort of um, spiritual and emotional climate of New York versus LA, because I think in LA it's it's a pretty laid back vibe. You know, we're by the beach and it's summer all the time, and I think there, and there's such a high concentration of actors who are, you know, like they. It's it's it's, it's kind of like I think it's more image conscious than New York. Would you say that's accurate? Huh. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm just yeah, wondering how I mean, much of this is is a product of your situation, which it absolutely is, but also how much of it is just sort of the the sort of uh, world that you're in over there, which has a different sort of pace and and vibe than than LA. Yeah, I, I, you know, this is the first time that I'm hearing this and and therefore thinking about it. So I'd have to, I'd have to think about it. Chew I on that one a little bit. Yeah. 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 Uh, just a thought that crossed my mind. I mean, not not no, to take anything away from what you're creating. I think it's amazing, but it, it's something that popped into my head because I noticed a shift in myself after a few months when I moved to LA because everybody else is kind of a certain way, and so I sort of subconsciously began to kind of blend in, and I wasn't quite as ballsy as I might have been when I first came out. <clears throat> yeah, uh, after a time, it, it had to start to become more uh, more of a conscious decision. Uh, so I, I just wonder, you know, I wonder if that has a role in it. Yeah, well, there's obviously a difference, uh, as there would be in any market or any city, there's a difference in the sort of energetic vibe. Mm-hmm. But I don't yet know, I haven't yet explored whether or not that's affecting my uh, choices of, of, mm-hmm. of, you know, what I'm 
how I'm going about things, basically. Sure, sure, sure. So, well, dude, I, uh, I, I love it. I love, love, love what you're doing. I, I, it's, it's so refreshing to hear. Um, not that uh, I, when I say refreshing, I mean it's just, it's just great to have a conversation about these sort of proactiveness and the, and the the doing all the things that you know i think are probably uncomfortable sometimes and whatnot and it's just like mm. you're like you're in like you know fuck it mode it's like why not yeah and i just it's just really great to to hear that from from anybody but especially you because i think if anybody could could make that happen quickly it's it's you so oh, congratulations thanks, man. man i'm, I'm excited thanks. excited excited to hear We got about five minutes left here to cover uh, several items that we wanted to mention. Um, things from listeners, uh, questions, suggestions, resources, things like that. Um, I vote we pick. Ugh, I hate having to do this, but I vote we pick for just just one of them right now, so we don't uh, make this episode super um, long. Do you have a vote here of the three that I'm looking at? That we're well, both the, looking at. Yeah, the second one is all you, so uh, you got to make it. Actually, both of the first two are all you because they're both sort of directed at things that you've been speaking about on the podcast recently. So um, I'll have to I'll have to leave it up to you. Well, okay. here let me let me say this: we can actually do two of them uh, because the third one is a is a voicemail that we got uh, from someone in the UK. Um, it it was directed towards um, uh, me talking about how. Um, because the job of Heather's was ending, I shouldn't uh, fret. I should just start meditating. Uh, it's interesting getting this voicemail uh, now because I've actually I have started meditating. So whoever you are, thank you. The reason that we're not playing your voicemail is because it was very difficult to understand. There was something in the call quality, some issue in the call quality. So um, if you're listening to this, whoever you are. Um, that's about as much as we could glean from the, from the voicemail. I don't even know what your name is. So you're from the UK. You called in to tell me to meditate. Uh, I am doing that. I really appreciate that. I uh, I'm I'm very grateful to receive uh, the voicemail. Um, please either email us or call us back again, um, so so that hopefully it will be a, a better quality we can play on a future episode. Awesome. Yes. Please call back. Please call back. Uh, so, yeah. Go so, for it, man. Uh, of the other two, um, let's play Stefan's voicemail. We've got just okay. a few minutes here, but I, I want to get somebody else's uh, voice on the on the episode this week. Sounds good, man. All right. Here's a, a voicemail from longtime listener Stefan Fuller. Hi. My name is Stefan Fuller. I'm calling from Los Angeles. And first, I just want to thank uh, you two guys, Trevor and AJ, for doing the podcast every week and it's just a great resource for actors all over uh trevor i wanted to ask you first i want to tell you congratulations on paying off your medical debt but i wanted to ask you if the creditor said one way or the other how it would be reported to the credit bureaus and if you were going to receive a 1099 for the amount less than what it was currently owed Hmm. um and the reason why i asked because i went through a big financial transformation myself several years ago paying off about fifteen thousand dollars in eighteen months so i'm just really curious i have a huge interest in financial 
stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Uh, awesome, Stefan. Thank you so much for calling. I we I actually met Stefan. I'm not sure if you've met him too, AJ, but I met him um, uh, at a tweet up years ago, and he was actually uh, he he threw us some kind of financial love in the early days of the show. Um, and I know he's been listening for a long time, and his website is really cool. If you guys have never been to, I think it's just stefanfuller.com. Uh, yeah, he's, I he's, think we've talked about it on the on yeah, the podcast. Yeah, before. it's it's really cool, man. I mean, he's a bit of a writer himself, and he's got some. It's just a fun. It's a fun website to poke around. He's got like a a, lo- a really long kind of story about his journey and and what he's done, and uh, inspiring guy uh, up to some cool stuff. So we'll have a link to his um, website on our website on, in the show notes uh, for this episode. So check out uh, Stefan's stuff. And Stefan, thank you for calling. So I just have a few minutes here to respond. Um, Congru- I mean, congratulations on paying off your fifteen thousand dollars in medical debt. That's no joke. I actually did not have nearly that much to conquer. An angel swooped down from the heavens and whisked, whisked away fifty-five thousand dollars in medical debt. Uh, that's how much my surgery was for my wrist, and uh, through some miracle of of the universe, uh, fifty-five thousand dollars, which was absorbed by the hospital. Essentially, they saw that on my income, it would take me an absurdly long time to pay that back. And they have funds set up for people in my situation. So it was a bit of a, you know, a back and forth. I had to send them in basically my entire, uh, my entire financial history. And um, they, you know, whatever. Like, it was, it's a charitable hospital, a Catholic hospital. And they just have things like that for people in my situation. So uh, I, I did not have nearly uh, as kind of severe a situation as as it sounds like you may have financially however i did have a lot of bills to pay as far as the flights back and forth the different consultations and x-rays i had the er bill i had the physician's bill and the hospital was kind of dicking me around a little bit the hospital that i went to originally after i first broke it the emergency room and all that and that's who i was kind of working to settle with when it came to all this this debt because it was several thousand dollars and Anybody who's been through a situation like this knows how if you don't have insurance, they just rape you. Like, they rape you when they will not provide an itemized uh, breakdown of what they're charging you for. They just kind of make up numbers. And my experience was exactly that. I have three or four different statements in my files right now that show, like, literally four consecutive months, four entirely different numbers that somebody just pulled out of their ass. And I refused to, to pay it until they showed me what I was paying for. And I settled with them for a certain amount, then they started charging me for a different amount, and they wouldn't tell me what that was for, and it was just a big thing. So eventually I stopped paying it and told them to go screw themselves, uh, which didn't work out too well, because they sent it off to collections. And I have since learned that you could actually go to court with collections and say, show me the evidence. (laughs) This is actually, I learned this on a This American Life episode recently. Uh, of their podcast you can say show me the evidence and nine times out of ten they won't have any evidence and they'll just drop the charges um i like a good samaritan paid it all off uh i did not have to deal with a 1099 or anything like that um the collections agency did get reported to my or the collections thing did get reported to my to the credit bureaus so it's a it's a kind of a big mark on my credit report not that i am still in collections because i'm not anymore i've paid it off i'm squared away but uh, I didn't know at the time when I paid it off that you could use paying off your collections thing. You can say, I'll pay it in full right now if you agree to remove this from my credit report. That's something you can do. And I didn't know that. So I paid it off, and now it's still on my credit report. 
and apparently it stays there for like seven years. And it doesn't matter if it's paid or not, it's a negative count against you. So I kind of screwed myself there, but uh, I'm working to pay off my other debts, all the credit card debt that I accrued while I was, wasn't working and had both my arms in casts and, you know, all that stuff. So uh, my credit score is recovering. Uh, but that was my experience, so I, I didn't have to deal with a 1099 or anything like that. It sounds like if you're dealing with a 1099 um, that you are settling in some way or that you are somehow declaring some of the difference that it, it, as income or a gift or some kind, I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I, I com- completely admit to being a little bit ignorant on this. Um, but that was my experience. And Stefan, if you want to email the podcast, I'll, I'll be happy to respond from my personal email and we can hash it out. Um, and see if there's any sort of uh, insight I can offer uh, on on your situation in the context of my situation. Um, but I hope that helps. And anybody out there else who's struggling with the same thing, um, I'm totally open to chatting about it uh, because no one should have to go through that. I think our health care mm-hmm. system sucks, hairy donkey balls, and, and we need to fix it uh, big time. But until then, that's the situation we're all in. And that's how I dealt with it, with the help of an angel. Wow. Yeah. I, I knew about half of the things that you just mentioned um, that you were going through and that, and that happened. Um, so that was even a, a enlightening for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, knew, I knew, you know, a fair bit of, of, of what was going on with, with your wrist and with your trips back to Philly and stuff like that. But that was... Um, some of that was was new information for me so yeah one one day dude i should tell you the whole story because it's really like the emotional context of it all and what was going on in my relationships when the accident happened and how it all played out it's like there is no possible way that there is this is like one of those things where i realized after the fact i was like you know what there definitely is a higher power because there's somebody up there had their hands in this because Hmm. it's just for for me i feel it in my gut i'm like there's just no possible way that uh that this wasn't um that this just played out the way it did yeah i know there's probably a lot of atheists listening to this being like okay you know you're putting meaning on it and all that and you know i'm not saying that uh that that happens all the time because there's some awful things going on in the world where you know a higher power is not intervening and that's a whole nother kind of conversation but for me it feels very much like somebody up there was pulling some strings uh, and yeah. I feel very blessed and I, I feel very humbled and grateful. Uh, and I, it really changed the way I approach my world and my spiritual world and, and everything. So anyway, uh, thanks for the Epic. voicemail. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for the voicemail, Stefan. Uh, awesome to hear from you, man. Shall we jump into the interview? Yes, sir. All right, so we do have one more item that we're going to mention from a listener, and we'll just we'll just carry that over to the next episode. But uh, Rodrigo, thank you for the resources you you mentioned. Coming soon to an, an, uh, an iTunes an Inside Acting podcast near you. All right, part two with Colleen Wainwright, the communicatrix, coming at you guys now. Stick around; we'll catch you on the other side. talked a little bit about this before we started recording but it's a new world um in terms of you know media now these days i mean everybody talks about you know nobody's figured out how to make money on a click 
and that kind of thing right now. And, you know, there's a lot of reality TV out there. There's not, aren't as many pilots being made. There's more actors than ever in LA. Right. So how do you see this? I don't want to say, how do you see it playing out? But I mean, in this kind of ever evolving, you know, realm now with all this kind of, you know, any, anybody can have their own show. Anybody can have their own channel on the internet. What do you think? I mean, this has got to be a part of your, your conversations with your clients. Yes. So, so what do you, what do you kind of, what do you, what do you generally advise people to start looking at there? Um, and I will preface all this by saying the reason I can advise people like this is because I'm still guilty of looking for, I used to call it, um, limousine syndrome where like back in my dreamy New York days, I would dream that like a black town car would pull up and a smoke glass window would roll down and a long, elegant, beautifully manicured hand (laughs) would point, point to me, me, you win everything. I want you to have like whatever, I don't know, money, fame, you know, this fabulous house somewhere that's gone. Like that, if that ever existed, that's gone. And we often make our own. And I think that, I mean, people always used to say, I used to hear over and over all, I just, I didn't believe it. Um, just do your thing and people will find you. That is never been more true than now. Fortunately, we actually have the tools to do it. I mean, before when you were doing your own thing, people were finding you, um, you had to be, I mean, well, there's the whole myth of being perched on a drugstore stool, but, um, also we had to do theater or whatever. I mean, and not that I love theater. I love doing theater, but, um, even though it's exhausting, but that, that requires a ton of resources. And now with like this, like you came in here and set up and, you know, here we are, we're recording. It sounds really good to me. And um, <laughs> you can do your own show. You can have your own show. You can do your own thing. It's so much easier to do your own thing. Do your own thing and people will come to you. Um, build the audience because people want you pre-built with an audience. They want you like to already be coming to them with a platform um, that they can then see where it fits in with other things. They want you to have already an audience in place that then they can leverage. Um, and the truth is, if you have that, then you get to pick your terms. Uh, so I think that's more favorable anyway to do it. I mean, more favorable for actors to do it. But it's mm-hmm. like there's still this weird thing of wanting to be picked. Like that is going to mean something. It's mean. It's only meaningful if I get chosen, which mm. is bullshit. I mean, why is that meaningful? And I know why it's meaningful. I still want to get chosen too. You know, right? All right. I'm totally copying to it. Um, but at the same time, it's like no one's coming to rescue you. No one's going to like make you their darling. Go make shit. And, yeah. and make a lot and just make mistakes and then do it over and figure, you know, like partner with people and just make stuff, make stuff, make stuff, make it good. Don't just make it to be seen. Make it because it's something you need to make. Like you're doing the show because you wanted to have these conversations. That's a really good reason. Um, nothing wrong with also wanting to be seen and building an audience, but it, the, bring the passion you bring to acting uh, to whatever your endeavor is. Make sure that you're getting something out of it, like from your deepest heart hmm. and then make that thing like there's so many great things that still need to be made there's a fantastically hilarious cartoon by the oatmeal guy who you want to talk about a big thing you, did you read about like what happened to him recently the oatmeal guy is his name is it matthew inman i can't remember his name the guy who does that he does a comic on the web called the oatmeal and um recently some jack and it's he's very famous he's there there are these really funny cartoons he does um and somebody else on a competing a comic website 
had been stealing for years his stuff and just posting it without attribution, which he just, you know, it was, it was, it was obnoxious. And he said, he wrote an obnoxious, but funny cartoon about them doing it. And then they served him with papers. Like, you know, what? You, yeah, it was really? crazy. It's like, cause you, this is de- you know, def- like, uh, you're defaming our character and this and that, or my client's <laughs> character and blah, blah, blah. And we would like $20,000 in damages. So he's like, well, F you, you've been stealing all my stuff for years. Here's a, li- a list of links. And there were like hundreds of links of stuff that they'd stolen. Uh, and I want, I'm going to raise $20,000 and then I'm going to give it all to charity. And I'm going to draw a cartoon of your mother, like, you know, whatever, getting <laughs> fucked by a bear. I love this guy. I know. He's awesome. <laughs> Look at that. So anyway, in, 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 within 24 hours, he'd raised over $120,000. Wow. In he was like shocked that even he was shocked and he's got a huge fan base but um yeah and it's it's and climbing um which will show you the power of the internet and having a platform so uh, so one he's our, again he's proof of this concept but he's written a cartoon and i've saved it i've like bookmarked it in delicious i should probably like have a link to it on my homepage. but it basically talks about how to get noticed on the internet or how to get noticed period and and how not to and you know you got everybody on facebook I, and i will friend anyone anyone wants to friend me on facebook fine i i'm happy to do it i love meeting new people and facebook's a really easy way to do it um but 9 times out of 10 i am not kidding you with these numbers i will friend someone on facebook and you know accept the friend request and then immediately get asked to like their page Mm-hmm. Or like they're this, or do this, or get invited to that. I'm like, really? I mean, are you really just like, are you just looking at me as a thing to market to? Because that's just not cool. That's so not what I'm about, and it's so backwards. And you know, nobody likes that. No one wants to be looked at as someone you know to be sold to. Although everyone wants to buy. Um, so what? What he's saying is make something epic. He has an actual comic about this. He's like, make something extraordinary. And he has these really funny examples like, that I couldn't even begin to like do justice to. But they're like, you know, hilarious, extraordinary things that you could make. And he's like, I would be out there on the internet screaming about people doing this kind of stuff. It would be so awesome. You know, I would give you all the free publicity you want if you just make something really cool that I mm-hmm. want to see. But don't ask me to like your shit. That is lame. That is lame, lame, yeah, lame, I'll lame, I'll like lame. it once I see it. Exactly. And, you know, if I have a reason to like it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting that you said that um, you, you said, you know, am I just something that you're marketing to? Because I, I, I increasingly feel that that's the case with this kind of actor community in LA, at least mm-hmm. uh, on Twitter and Facebook. I feel like it's a bunch of marketers marketing to marketers. Yep. Um, and I, I, I increasingly don't get anything out of the transaction. So I've kind of slowly backed off from using these services and this community. Um, I'm sure there's pros and cons to, to me doing that, but what, what's your take on that? Uh, I think you're, I think we're in the vanguard of people getting sick of it. Um, I think that a lot of people who are still getting on don't get it, but I think plenty of people are going to start doing what we're doing and pulling back. Uh, and I do the same thing, frankly, because I'm, I'm, it's, it's overwhelming. I don't have time for it. I have my own life. And plus, I came on the internet to be delighted by things, to connect with people and find cool shit and share stuff that I think is cool uh, and not – I mean, it, uh, there's a great byproduct of all this, which is that if you do all those things, like if you're having a good time and you're meeting people and they're awesome and you you know find commonalities and all these sorts of things, then you can you know help each other from a business perspective. 
but um, that people just look at it as a gigantic megaphone, not fun. Mm. Um, so I, I again, I can't. I mean, part of it is I, I implore actors to, or even any artist or any people, please, because I know plenty of non-actors who are guilty of this as well, to just get on there and be a human being. I mean, share things and and talk to people, and you know. Like make epic shit and and put it up there <laughs> and spend your shit. yeah like spend your time doing that and quit and then you know don't ask me to like your page spend the time you know doing that and then yeah. pe- more people than you will could dream of will like your whatever your thing is because it will be epic shit and everyone wants epic shit there's never enough epic shit in the world yeah I love that we have a saying on this podcast um, that. We, we like to avoid the word networking because we think it has, we feel, oh. we feel it has a negative connotation. <laughs> you know, like you just networked on me, you know, like we like to think of it more as, as building relationships. Yeah. And so when people say like, you know, it, it happened to me because I was at some event and somebody said, Hey, you know, give, do you have a card? Like let's network. And I just instantly felt repulsed by that person because yeah. I was like, do you not care at all about who I am or what my name even is or yeah. what I do or where I'm from or card like, collectors like, and who are you? Like, yeah. so it, 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 it I feel like a lot of the times that's what's happening online. And I, I don't mean to, to bash services like Twitter and Facebook and um, all these other services, but I do feel like John, because John Mayer had a great talk about this a little while ago. He he talked at uh, Berkeley, he gave a speech of some kind to the Berkeley music students. And he said, this was right around the time that he pulled off of Twitter and he had like, you know, millions and millions of followers. And he said, you know, like every, I, when I started realizing, when I started thinking, is this a good tweet? Are people going to like this? Are people going to retweet this? You know, how does it make me feel? When he started thinking like that, he's like, this is all this time that I'm not putting towards my music yep. and writing songs never gets any easier. So it's like he kind of pulled off of it and a lot of people criticized him for it and said, you know, you're making a big mistake. You're an idiot. He's John Mayer. So I don't think he has anything to worry about. He's already got a pretty established fan base no matter what he does. But to people that are maybe afraid to pull out of something like this because they're afraid of their follower numbers dropping or something like that, are these things that that people in your experience uh, in, in higher places, so to speak, value? Is this something that people, when they look at actors and they look at maybe the viability of an actor ah. as, as a commodity, do they look at things like this? I mean, how, how valuable is this in your estimation that somebody has an online following? There are people who are still going to, great question, by the way. Um, there are people who will still look at numbers. They are idiots because numbers mean nothing. You can game the system really easily to get a lot of quote unquote fans. Yeah, or it's like what, five bucks for follow- 10,000 Yeah, I mean, like, now? it's ridiculous. There's a racket and everything. <laughs> Uh, what matters is engagement and what you can get people to do, which is why doing something like, you know, when I did the, not to tell, you know, my own shit, but like doing 50 for 50 was proof that, okay, yes, I have, you know, not even that many followers, but look what we can do with that. Like, that's cool that you can do that. That matters more than anything else. Um, I, obviously it's great if you've got a really huge engaged fan base, but I don't think, you know, if someone, no, I, I honestly, I don't think that anyone worthwhile, I don't think anything really good comes out of someone just, you know, doing something to get numbers. Because mm-hmm. the truth is, if you're afraid, and I love, you know, you, you threw that word in there, it's really good. It's like, you know, if you're afraid about this treat, this tweet not being good or people are going to unfollow you, then, then yeah, you should either tweet it or you should get the hell off Twitter. Because like, what are you doing? Like, it's crazy. It's a, it's a social media outlet and you're, 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 you're having fear around that. That's insanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, go make something immediately, immediately, <laughs> or go read something uplifting or go like pet a puppy or go, you know, like 
help uh, an elderly person across the street or anything meaningful and get the fuck off Twitter because that is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I no, I, I mean, obviously there will always be, and, and I, I know I just finished saying, yes, it's important to have a platform and to grow that, but you grow that by doing stuff that is true to you, you know, that's meaningful to you. And that is epic shit. Uh, not by the clever thing you said on Twitter. Yeah, and I, it is, yeah. it's difficult. I think about that with like, cause the whole reason I got on Twitter in the beginning was because a bunch of Weisenheimers this is back when no one was on in whatever, 2008 or whenever it started or yeah. yeah, it was early yeah, on. Like um, we were all just on making each other laugh. That was the whole thing. It was like, woohoo! This is just like a way to crack jokes. You know, Here's like how witty I can be in 140 characters. Exactly. Yeah. Just make each other laugh. And and there were a few people who were like, oh, if I can make this person laugh, that'll be like super great. And it was fun. Yeah. Um, it was like playing the dozens. But um, y- yeah, then it quickly evolved into something else. And I always think about, oh, that pressure that comedians must feel to be funny all the time. I can only imagine. Brutal. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because that's, that's, you know, that's their, their media. That's I their know. media. You know, it's, it's words and, and funny, quick, witty jokes. So it must be, it must be insane. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's interesting too that you mentioned that because, you know, 2008, 2007, whenever Twitter first came around and I, I joined it as well. And I, I noticed that some people had tons and tons of followers and a lot of people didn't. And I, it, I, at the time, I wasn't able to put two and two together. I was like, well, this person's tweets are funny. You know, this is when it was a big deal to have a Twitter page. And I would go indiv- visit individual Twitter pages. And um, I, did, I couldn't figure it out. And then I realized that what the difference is between people who have a lot of followers and uh, followers that are real followers, mm-hmm. like people that are actually actively engaged in the content that this Twitter person is tweeting, right. so to speak. Um the difference between that person and the, and the and another person is that that person's doing stuff like they're in, they're doing interesting things offline and they're just sharing parts of the process on Twitter and that's I think the important thing is that Twitter gives you this false sense of potential celebrity right and and you, you feel like you're doing something productive when you tweet because you get that little shot at serotonin when somebody rep- replies you or whatever but again you're not you're not offline in the real world feeding yourself the nutrients of the real world to create something. Okay, guys, sorry for the brief interruption. AJ has joined us. Say hi, AJ. Hi. <laughs> uh, so I, before before um, we stopped, uh, we were just briefly talking about Twitter and the value or non-value of marketing to marketers uh, and how really it's of no value if you're not out there in the real world creating stuff. No, that's ultimately like why people want... Although, I mean, I still think you look at some people who maybe are famous for being famous and are also on Twitter mm. and have a lot of followers. And uh, I, so I suspect there's still an awful lot of people People out there who just want to touch celebrity, um, just want to be around that. So there's still that sort of thing. In fact, if you ever want a real shock, just go to the regular timeline of Twitter, not your own one when you're signed in, but just like the general what's going on, the, the stream. And it's horrifying. If you like look at trending topics or like what's happening, it's it's like there are animals out there. Um, but if you look <laughs> well, at the people that we tend animals. to like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to see what 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 what's in the kind of zeitgeist yeah. from from moment to moment, and, and a lot of times it's it's inspiring, a lot of times it's uh, surprising, and a lot of times it's Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of times it is Justin Bieber. Yeah, a lot yeah. of times. Um, it's. I, I want to briefly rewind about uh, ten minutes or so in the interview, mm-hmm. um, where you said that um, a lot of us want to be chosen. 
Yes. And, um, you know, it's not, it's not really how it works. And it's interesting that you that you bring this up because I've been listening to fast food nation, the audiobook version of that. And what blows my mind is how smart these guys were that created McDonald's, that created Burger King, that created Wendy's and Taco Bell, like how smart they were and how hard they had to push to, to, to change the, the entire culture around food in this country. And I, I guess what I, what I thought was where the parallel was, was because you have to work really, really hard and you have to constantly be looking for ways to innovate and streamline what it is you do to kind of outfox all the other stuff that's out there rather than just to have somebody add you to their list of employees, which I think is kind of what you were saying there. You know, we, a lot of us want to be chosen, but it's not like that. You have to build it. You do. I, I mean, I, and of course we do get chosen for things right, here right. and there. I yeah. mean, that the, we always need employees. We always need to, be, you know, people to be part of, everyone can't be a leader all the time. Right. You know? I, I'm sorry. I should clarify that I'm saying this in terms of, you know, actors who are maybe in our situation where that's one of the few things we actually have complete control over in our careers. Right. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, so again, I think it's fine to be part of a group. It's fine to take a, take a gig, obviously. I mean, you know, health insurance. Hello. Um, but no, it's, it's good to be part of a group, but it's insanity as an artist not to be making something all the time. And one of the big difficulties of being an actor of having that as your art for a long time was the, well, you had to just wait around, you know, for someone to cast you in something or, you know, start a play, you know, theater company or something with your friends so that you could act and you still need an audience, but it's much easier to make something now where you can find an audience, um, than it's ever been because of the internet and because of the tools getting so cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Um, cool. So since we're kind of getting to the end, we have two questions that we like to ask all yeah, okay. our guests and, um, do you want to kick off the first one here? Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so this is kind of like the, uh, What's your favorite swear word? In, in, yeah, exactly. Inside the actor's studio <laughs> right. um, uh, moment. So uh, the first one is, um, given your um, experiences and how you came to be um, involved in the entertainment industry, involved in this business, involved in your career and your life as you as you see it and you live it, um, do you feel like this career path, this industry chose you or you chose it? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> you guys have a lot of good questions. I'm, la- I'm laughing because that's always the the, 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 the initial response. Like, wow, that's a really good question. That is a good and question. They, and then they think about it, and then, then something brilliant comes. Yeah. I think. I mean, I think it's. Um, uh, I think we find each other, and it's not because it certainly wasn't a direct path to anything. As uh, you know, Trevor and I were talking. I had a rather circuitous route to where I am now. And a lot of the things that I'm doing now as part of the entertainment industry did not exist when I moved out even to even to Los Angeles 20 years ago. So part of that is me finding it. Um, and then also I think whenever things change and things are constantly changing, of course, but we just notice it more at, at certain times, then it, um, it you know, like – the pipe needs something to fill it. So it needs content. So here I am to provide content, which is mostly what I'm doing now, you know, for the industry is I'm here doing, um, you know, like right, doing a lot of writing for actors and people in the industry and creators to help them sort of navigate their way. The second question we have, and, um, hopefully this isn't more difficult is if you could take all your experience, all the, all the experiences you've had, everything that you teach, everything that you consult on, and distill that down into one nugget of information or one nugget of advice that you could share with 
somebody getting started in this in this world, and by this world I mean the entertainment industry. What would that nugget of uh, advice be? I can't believe this wasn't. What's your favorite color? Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, we can ask you that too. No, it may be more complicated. Um, I see. Don't wait which I guess means start. If you're going to frame it in the positive, start, like do something. Um, we wait around so much because we're afraid, because we want some, to be chosen, you know, for all these reasons that are not invalid. They're perfectly valid reasons, but they don't get you anywhere. And everything I've gotten that's been good in my life um, I've gotten because I've extended myself somehow because I've done some crazy thing that maybe I had no business doing, but I tried it anyway. And I look around and I see, you know, people just trying shit and people get out there and who just try shit. They're inevitably the ones who get further faster. I think Mm -hmm. not that there's any shortcuts. Um, There's no guarantee that, you know, by trying shit and by not stopping that you'll get somewhere faster. But if nothing else, you'll be engaged doing something that is challenging and interesting to you and helps you grow. um, And maybe will be that epic shit that we talked about before (laughs) that will draw people to you. Epic shit. I love that. Can you you trademark that? Can I use use that? Use it away. (laughs) That's great. We have a, we have a kind of an unofficial mantra on the podcast, which is just fail forward. Oh, you know, I love that. Don't be afraid of the mistakes. Just kind of make the mistakes, but yeah. you're falling forward if you're doing it because exactly. you're getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Cool. Well, Colleen, this has been totally fantastic and awesome. Thank you so much for sitting down with us. If people want to find out more about you, um, obviously we'll include links on our website, but where can I go to get in touch with you? Uh, the best place is to go to my website, communicatrix.com. Um, I'm pretty, or you can just plug my name, Colleen Wainwright or communicatrix into the internet and I will come up in various places. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on, I'm all over the, I'm ubiquitous baby. So yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I love email provided that you do not send me large attachments and ask me to introduce you to an agent. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Cool. Make well, sure you're get, make sure you're always make sure we, we, we tend to tell our listeners to always make sure that they're adding value. Thank not you. Just, not just asking for it. Good mm-hmm. rule. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Cool. Well, again, thank you so much, Colleen. This has thank been great. Thank you. It's been great, you guys. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the book ends. Hope you enjoyed. Hope you Redug <laughs> the, the Redux. Rick, 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 Redux. Yes, Trek, I've been practicing it, that. I've been oh, practicing. Yeah, yeah so this a little, a little extra funk there, buddy. A little yeah, extra yeah. funk. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, well, Colleen's okay. great, and we're so happy to. <laughs> hey, little, little John, <laughs> calm down. Uh, Colleen's great, and we're so uh, happy to have her as part of our IAP yeah. history. Yeah, you know what I wanted to put you as know. the as, as the quote for the artwork was, uh, "Don't ask me to like your shit." Like, right. I, just, I just love that her whole approach to it is so great. It's like it, it jives with it, what we've been talking about on the podcast for so long. We probably even learned this from her and just forgot that's where we learned it. But but you know, build the relationship first. Don't freaking like spam me with like watch my web series like the automatic Twitter follow reply. I, I don't know, man. It just. Ugh. I just don't like it, man. So when yeah. she said, don't ask me to like your shit, like do really good shit and then I'll like help me find it. And that way I will like it. I, I just, mm-hmm. man, like nugget of gold. Yeah. 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 Especially, especially in the age of, um, 
you know anyone and their mom can 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 record something on their cell phone and upload it to YouTube. Yeah, yeah. And and they do. <laughs> is the thing. Yes, they do. Yeah. They do. Yeah. They do it a lot. So, yeah. yeah. There there are other ways to get eyeballs to your work and it it's it's I think people are turned off by like the oh, I have to go and like, you know, build a relationship with you and then it's like they they spam you because they think it's easier and it's just it comes off as a really hollow experience and like make me a fan of yours by connecting with me personally rather than just throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. Yeah. You know, anyway, uh, what exactly? Yeah. Yeah. Love Colleen, man, by the way, anybody who's not following her on Twitter or on Facebook or anything like that, like check the woman out. She's an amazing human being. Um, and, uh, and someone, a really, just a really good person, you know, a really great source of knowledge and wisdom and, and fun. So, uh, what's your pick of the week? My pick of the week is called Pocket. Oh, uh, dude. What? This is my pick of the week, like two, two dozen episodes ago. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm, no, I'm, not, I'm not saying that like all dude, like bummer, like all dude, it's really good. And I forgot to, to really dig into it and make it a part of my, my world. <laughs> so, uh, this is oh a, man, repeat pick. It's a uh, rook of repeat pick. There's lots of repeating. I'm sorry, I did not uh, catch that. No, it's um, all good. It's get pockets, awesome, dude. Wow. So, well, yeah. There's a lot. So there's a lot of like um, save for later or read later services out there. There's like um, Instapaper. You can even use uh, um, Evernote for this kind of thing. But basically, it's just a way of like saving things that you find on the internet, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Flipboard. On uh, I mean, it works with like hundreds of of different apps zeit which is one of my favorites Mm -hmm. um which was a pick of the week of mine a long time ago um and you can basically just you can you can email a link to um uh like what is it like ad at getpocket.com or something like that which i think is really cool um you can um tap and hold on links in like twitter for instance and it will uh, automatically ask you if you want to save it to to um, pocket there's all kinds of different ways but then you can view it later on your desktop uh or your your web browser rather your web browser on your desktop um even it works with android works with iphones with works with ipads works with um uh, all kinds of different tablets um which is great i mean we're you know we're we're a, a sort of content hungry i mean speaking of everyone and their mom putting stuff up on youtube we're sort of a, a content hungry um uh society right now and so this is just a way of being able to, you know, save the the things that you actually want to uh, enjoy, consume, read for later, and then you know set aside some time, uh, you know, as part of maybe it's as part of your reading. Um, if you ha- if you have set aside time for reading, um, I do most of mine on the on the subway these days. But um, it, it you know it's a great way of just putting all of that stuff in one place yeah yeah there's the, something that's been in my world a lot lately is fomo ah you're yes. missing out it's an acronym if you haven't heard of it uh and i think that's that's why things like pocket exist and it's it's tricky man it's a tricky balance in my experience because we've got this like you know we've got so, so many pieces of information coming at us every day and if there's any david allen fans out there um you'll you'll be 
you'll recognize that where I'm kind of coming from because David Allen's kind of saying the kind of tagline for all his his work is that your brain is for having ideas, not storing them. So Pocket's really great for that. But the trick is once you get these things off your plate and into a, a place, you've got to build a routine in where you're processing what you put in your your Pocket app on a regular basis. Otherwise, it loads up and becomes another sort of like answering machine light that just kind of blinks and is 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 taking your attention just saying like process me process me process me you know mm-hmm. so so that's the trick here i think it's a brilliant well, app and it's kind of like the it's kind of like the halfway point between evernote and uh flipboard or or zeit or whatever i, I so it's great it's just i feel i feel like that's what nobody talks about is like make sure that you go and then process this in, yeah, such, that- in such a way that you can get it off your plate for real exactly exactly that's exactly why i said you know, add it to your quote unquote reading time. I was literally yeah. saying like, put some, put something in your calendar even that says, you know, read through pocket. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah, something. yeah. 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 And, and, and I wouldn't even say put a, put a timer on it, you know, say spend 30 minutes doing it. And then if, if you're not done that 30 minutes, then just close it and start with something else because move it, on. It, yeah. So easy. I mean, there's just a never ending stream of content. So you, your whole, whole entire life could be processing these two read later items. <laughs> you know? Yes, it could. Yes, yeah. it could. So in that case, then you got to look at like what you're letting into your world and maybe maybe uh, up in your, your kind of gate there. But yeah, Pocket's awesome, dude. I'm glad you uh, you brought that up again. Yeah. yeah. What's yeah, your pick one. of the week? My pick of the week is a book called Write, Publish, Repeat by Sean Platt and Sean, I'm sorry, Sean Platt and Johnny B. Truant. And they have a podcast called the Self-Publishing Podcast. They're basically, they're indie authors who have, uh, who've got a really prolific catalog of books and they're mostly serialized books. You know, there's like six books in a, in a, in a first season and there's like six books in a next season and and they, they kind of talk about how they have built their sort of self-publishing empire. There's a lot of information about how to, how to build relationships and how to approach your, your business uh, of writing with, you know, word count goals and daily goals and how to, how to kind of think about your career uh, as a writer. But there's so much of it that is so applicable to actors. And I, I kind of sensed that. And I picked it up months and months and months ago. And I'm finally getting around to really actually reading it now and it's it's just a gold mine it's only like five bucks for your kindle if you want to pick it up and i highly recommend it it's called write publish repeat and again it's for writers but you can take you can you can translate just replace the word writer with actor and you've you've got a gold mine of information there does it uh is it supporting you with the i'm assuming when you say writers it's specifically um focused on fiction or nonfiction, like book, book writers? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. And so have you, have you, I'm curious, just have you found in your experience thus far of reading it, that it is supporting you with your, um, screenwriting, screenwriting ventures? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and how so? Uh, mostly around the goals, uh, just around how they think about the goals, but also how they think about building relationships and building an audience. And I mean, they cover everything from like the marketing standpoint to social media to, um, uh, Oh wow. Yeah. It's, it's great, man. So, I mean, there's, there's really no end to, I don't even know where to begin with that question. It's very comprehensive basically. Exactly. Yeah. Got it. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Great book. Right. Publish repeat. Boom. Yeah. 
Awesome possum. So do you want to? Uh, yeah, you want to um, talk about our listener pick of the week? Yeah, we we got a listener pick. It's it's a little um, uh, it's a little strange to talk about it now because it, it's it's well past this 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 event happened actually a couple weeks ago. But I still think it's worth. Uh, I think Trevor and I both think it's worth um, bringing up. Uh, Jamie Hansen, who's one of our listeners from uh, from Australia, sent in this link. It's actually just a YouTube link um, to a uh, d- description and an invitation so to speak to a global event called the global meditation for peace um <clears throat> i think one of the reasons to bring it up even though that specific date has passed is that it's still possible to of course you know start these kinds of of movements and, and get people involved in them but essentially it, what it was was a, a group of people started this this global meditation for peace that was going to happen at a very specific time uh all across the globe so anyone who was participating in it would essentially be everyone would be meditating at the same time and in their meditation focus specifically on the idea of peace and what inspired him and i don't want to go into too many details because um you know, to sort of protect the uh, the people who who are involved. But what inspired him to to join into this was the he had um, uh, this is so terrible. Uh, unfortunately, he had some friends who uh, lost um, their three young children because they were in the uh, the airplane that was shot down over Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the Malay was it a Malaysia? Yeah. Malaysian flight yeah. that was over the Ukraine shot down by Russia. So it's, um, it, you know, it's it, this horrible situation and there's a lot. I mean, if you read my, my dispatch that I wrote this week, like the world's going crazy right now. There's militarized police in, this is what I said in the dispatch. There's militarized police in Ferguson, Missouri. There's, uh, you know, 30,000 plus suicides. There's, uh, you know, war in the Middle East. There's, I mean, it, it is a, it's a very trying, conflicted time right now, and I just love this idea of, you know, we've talked on the podcast before about being the source of something, like I am the source of peace, I am the source of, and, and this is just one way of doing it, to meditate, but also to, um, you know, take that message and sort of, you know, gift it to someone else, if, if someone's having a you know, a, a bad day, like, you know, some stranger on, on, on the train here in New York, if they're having a, a bad day and all you do is smile at them, you never know what that can mm-hmm. sort of create. So, uh, anyway, the, the link to the YouTube video will be on our page. Like I said, that date has, uh, uh unfortunately passed, but it doesn't mean, you know, that, that you or I or anyone could start, um, something like this on, on their own. Absolutely. Yeah. God, there's so much I want to say about this. Um, thank you, Jamie, first of all, for, for sharing uh, your story and, and all that stuff. I, I, I mean, I know we only have a little bit of time, but um, uh, I saw an article um, about the, the thing in Ferguson, Missouri. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar with the situation, um, basically a, 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 an unarmed civilian was shot to death in the street by an armed police officer and there's conflicting reports about what actually happened but the the 
the, the, the kind of hard facts are that an unarmed man was running away from a police officer who shot him five times, uh, twice in the head. Um, what happened before is up for debate. Uh, but I've seen some things that, you know, don't paint the guy who was the victim. They don't paint him in the greatest light, but the response to this was obviously pretty kind of intense. I mean, you know, the citizens of, of the town were, were kind of coming out in in full force and the response of the police department was absurd. It was like military gear, full riot gear, people like, you know, training snipers on the protesters, like just full on abuse, like arresting people for, for resist, you know, quote unquote, resisting arrest for, for nothing. And, um, I read an article on the internet that basically, uh, after a lot of this really bad publicity was coming out about the police department and their response and whatnot. And they like, they're like full on militarized. I mean, we're talking like almost like tanks, just to just to respond to protests about an unarmed civilian being shot, it was absurd. So so after some of this bad publicity, the governor of Missouri basically relieved the police department, stripped them of their duties, and relieved them, and brought in the highway patrol and the the lead guy of the highway patrol. And this is a, a link, a story I found that I linked to on my Twitter account. The lead of the highway patrol basically came in and said. We're not going to wear gas masks. We're not going to bust out the riot gear. No bulletproof vests. Like, none of that. We are going to listen to these people. We're going to sympathize with them. And we're going to march with them. And we're going to offer them the same respect that they're asking of us. And the shift, the the immediate shift that was kind of um, described in this article brought tears to my eyes. It just, it's beautiful to think how much can be accomplished if we come from a place of peace, of honor, of, of love and respect, are there times where we get to stand up for ourselves and say, we're not going to take this shit anymore? Absolutely. But there's also a lot that can be done when you come from a place of peace, love, tolerance. You know, and I think meditation is a, is a great way to, to build that mindset and build that into your heart um, in a very habitual way. So... Yeah, that's just what I wanted to kind of offer there. Wow, um, I'm I'm really looking forward to reading that article. Yeah, it's, you I know, was gonna say, when you said what the uh, what the the highway patrol guy uh, said, I wanted to be like hashtag leadership. <laughs> yeah, seriously, I'll I'll throw up a uh, a link to that uh, on our website as well. Um, for, it's on my Twitter account, if, but if you don't follow me on Twitter, I'll just make sure it's on the site for people to find easily. Um, yeah, thank you, Jamie. Thank you very much. That's awesome. Um, so, uh, no specific thank yous this week. That we do have, of course, our patron of the week, who uh, we don't think has been our. She may have been a patron of the week in the past, but uh, it's been, at least been uh, long enough that um, we're coming back around. Um, and that is uh, Sarah Jane Dalby, who has probably one of the cooler uh, bios on our on our website. Uh, on our patron page she said she's a LA based actress that specializes in playing smart cheeky and free spirited women with moxie allure and endearing vulnerability that is I I need to write a tagline for myself (laughs) that's awesome Um, on screen career highlights include working with uh, Greg Kinnear uh, on Rake and uh, Danny Trejo and director Sam Raimi, so jealous, <laughs> and Mark Romanek, um, <clears throat> and prepare to geek out the real Darth Vader. I don't know if she means like the actor who played Darth Vader. James Earl or- Jones? I, 
She must. Yeah. She, yeah. She mean just you mean James Earl Jones or the guy who was like the 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 white guy you know, that was underneath the mask when they were. I don't know what that means. Or <laughs> or if like it was uh, you know some guy who is the official Darth Vader who like wears the suit these days. I don't know what oh, that means. Mm, yeah. Uh, in addition to projects rating from feature films shot in Arizona last month to a million dollar film shot in 3D. Find yeah. me an online B-story expansion for James Cameron's Avatar, an original scripted pilot uh, pilot for Sci-Fi Channel. Catch a glimpse of me in a recent iPhone commercial. Wow. Constantly yeah. working. Other favorite roles, including loving wife, aw, devoted yogi, passionate world traveler, random dog cuddler, and dark chocolate tester. Okay, that last one's <laughs> not official, but I'm I very want that job. amateur. Right? Yeah. Don't yeah. we all... Yeah, I'm looking at her IMDb profile. Not only is her demo reel on here, but she's been cranking since 2010. I mean, she's got just, uh, she's racking up some awesome credits here. She's a, she's a hustler for sure. So check, uh, check her out, everybody, and, and find her online and befriend her because I think she's a good person to know. Uh, Sarah Jane Dalby, link on our website in the show notes and on our patron page. Boom. Uh, yeah, and if you guys want to be patrons, it's easy to do. All you have to do <laughs> is pay for it. Uh, no. <laughs> no, just uh, shoot us a little donation every month. Uh, if you support this podcast, uh, all the money goes directly back into building a better podcast, and we are hard at work on building a better podcast. And to the tune of $5 a month, you can be a part of the magic and and have a, a, a blurb, a shout-out, a headshot, a bio, links to your your other uh, website, social media, whatnot, featured on our page. And we would love to have you as part of the, the inside circle of the IAP family. So easy to do. Head to our website, click on the donate button, and uh, sign up as a patron. Very easy to do, and we'll be sure to send you some love very soon. Woo-hoo! Yeah. Lots of other things you can do. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook, all that stuff. Just head to our website. You'll see all the different kind of cool ways to do that there. And I think that about does it then for episode 156. Anything to add before we wrap this? I don't think so, man. Biatch up. Ship it off to the production facility. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet. All right. Well, then, for episode 156, my name is Trevor Algott. On behalf of uh, Jen, our production coordinator, Jen Levin, our production coordinator, Cesar Gamino, our technical producer, Gidali Gubarek, our marketing and web director, and Deborah Smith, who is still um, in transit as far as the title goes, but doing awesome things i you know by that's gonna be my goal for the next episode we'll have an official title for deborah because she's, <laughs> she's um really organizing some cool stuff as we as we gear up to relaunch our website with some kind of enhanced goodness um deborah's doing some awesome things for us so on behalf of all of them i'm me <laughs> you are I'm me. i am me <laughs> i am me uh go forth and be yourself uh, I'm AJ Meyer. We'll see you next week. In the meantime, yeah, that's good. Go forth and be yourself. This episode of Inside Acting has been brought to you in part by VO2Gogo.com, the award-winning voiceover training system and winner of Backstage's Reader's Choice Award for Best VO Training four years in a row. Visit VO2Gogo.com slash start for a free getting started in voiceover online class that will help you add voiceover to your acting portfolio. That's VO2Gogo.com slash start.